Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. My wife, it's so good to see you again. Tell me about what it's like in sunny West Virginia. It's extremely sunny. It's extremely hot. And it's not, it hasn't been the ideal sort of uh, shooting weather for uh, the kind of stuff we've been doing, which is mostly like running in the woods and having a parade. Um <laughs> It's, it's been a, it's all, all of my shirts. I could just like take them and stand them up on end. They're just so full of my, they're so full of my stink and my humors. (laughs) Um, how's Austin? Uh, it's good. It's good. I, you know, I just, I was in Dallas, uh, for most of the week, but I got back and it is hot, but not too bad, like 80 degrees. I don't like not being around you you know it was <laughs> yeah. it, it was a it was it was kind of a fun watch for me this week i got to hang out with travis and Teresa and bradbury and justin and bristol um so actually not a, a, a not a bad crew for oh the did they all watch week. with you yeah they did we had tutor's biscuit world and oh, watched it oh that's uh, nice but, and fans i apologize if this is not appealing to you but uh rachel and i are just catching up because we're i'm <laughs> in huntington shooting a tv show and she's back in austin for the next week um, but yeah, had a nice watch. Did you just watch it by yourself in a hotel room in Dallas? Cause that's going to make me pretty sad. <laughs> that is exactly what I did. Damn girl. <laughs> um, but my notes, was, my notes are probably better than they've ever been. They probably, they're probably really, really good. Cause you I got took, to hear a lot of it. I took occasion to actually pause just so I could be sure to capture things. So yes, um, big ups, big ups, by the way, to the Rose Buddies group member who, um, managed to secure the episode for us that was really solid for you i don't know uh, if really I wanna, solid i don't know if i want to mention that we well let's not say his name because we don't want him to go to jail but i don't we have no other way of watching it right now so um, i i, I kind of wanted to pretend since we know that that what we we flew to canada to watch a television episode and then flew well, back we know that like a lot of the production team <laughs> listen to this show now uh, right but that's not this isn't up to them you know like you, you guys are making okay. a great product i've very much been enjoying the show that you all are making together together and i know that if it were up to you you'd want the whole universe to see it but we got we got to get ours you know what i mean um, do you want to talk about the episode, baby? It's so good to see you, by the way. It's really, really just a, <laughs> just a solid sort of viewing of you right now. Very excited about it. Um, yeah, let's get going. All right, let's roll. Okay, so we are in Jamaica. Already. Hey, what are we doing here? At- We've been here for a week. Hi, it's nice <laughs> to meet you. Come to Jamaica with me. This whole experience, I because I, they literally went to Sandals, it reminded me of that episode of The Office. Somebody put Michael, that in the group. Michael starts dating, uh, what's her name? Jan? Jan. Jan? Yeah, starts dating well, Jan. Like, doesn't start dating Jan, like yeah. kisses her once, and then invites her to Sandals, Jamaica, after like not even dating. Like, that's literally exactly what happened here. Yeah. Um, and we get Jasmine saying that this is the perfect place to fall in love. Word for word. Like we all cheered. <laughs> like it never happens word for word anymore. Um, and the dudes arrive 
And uh, Mikkel also says it's the perfect place to fall in love. So it's just it's just one, two, three, four. They're all just falling just in line. They're l- just lining them up and knocking them down. Something we need to talk about about Mikhail. We need to talk about Mikhail. Because <laughs> I noticed this week, and you didn't notice, I which didn't is notice. insane. Um, my dude, and I love my dude, he does have a little, a fun little... Well, it's a nipple piercing. All right, so you're 100% on this. Here's the thing. I'm not. I think it's Mikkel. I don't know for sure, but I think it's Mikkel. Because it's, 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 it is Schrodinger's nipple piercing. Because, <laughs> like, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. But I've definitely seen it. I don't know that I've seen his nipple and face in the same, like, shot. But I'm pretty sure, like, I've, I've cross-referenced <laughs> the materials, and I think Mikhail's got a little fun little dumbbell in his nip-nip. Um, that doesn't really seem like Mikhail. You know, here's the only thing I could think. He is an airplane, like an aeronautics engineer, uh-huh. right? So maybe... That likes to party? Well, yes, I do think aeronautics engineers know how to party. They fly all the time, and that's got to get them, like, feeling invincible. I don't think they you know? probably fall- fly all the time. Well, yeah, they do. They, you know. They're not pilots. No, but they want to make sure their shit's on point. Anyway, I think maybe (laughs) he's got like a little airplane gizmo in there. I think he's got a little airplane gadget or gizmo like in his nippy. And it like, maybe it's like an (laughs) altimeter. Is that what they're called? An altimeter? Like built into his nip nip. What'd you knock over? Oh my God. It's okay. It's my notes. Okay. Um, you're just you're. Re- I'm I'm very nervous. You're recording in my office right now, and I'm not there. And I'm just afraid you're gonna like, you're gonna break something. I'm very I'm very particular. Now I'm just looking around for things I can uh, break. Oh no. Um. Uh-oh, okay. So. Oh, I've got your oh, mouse. No, well, you're gonna need that mouse to end the recording and put it in Dropbox. So don't break that. Okay. Uh, can we continue, or do you want to have more Could nipple theories? Could you do theories? me a favor? Well, it's not a theory. It's a confirmed fact. <laughs> Mikhail's got a tight nipple piercing and maybe more stuff pierced. I don't know. I need. Can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Can you shut the door behind you because I'm just looking at the toilet over your shoulder in the bathroom <laughs> behind you, and it's distracting me? No, don't you don't don't worry about it. Don't Are you sure? It. Yeah, I'll just. I'm focusing on your face, not on the toilet right behind you. Do you want me to close the door? No, I want to just talk about the Bachelorette Canada. Okay. Uh, so we get, uh, Kevin P really, um, really soaking into the Jamaica vibe and he's on the ukulele again. Oh, that's um, the deckhand. Di- no, we can't call him Kevin P. There's, there's more than one Kevin. I haven't memorized all the boys' names yet, especially the ones that share names. He's diarrhea deckhand. Okay. Um, and so he's saying that he has recovered from what he calls Ebola. Probably wasn't that, but okay. Uh, and then David, the musician who uh, told all the guys to top that, uh, says that he believes he's the underdog now because of his Bull- bullshit. Unfortunate you're week. You're handsome and you know an instrument. Like there are so many other stragglers below you, dog. You have no idea. So the dudes are assembled outside. Uh, Noah, the host, arrives with an envelope and never once calls it a date card, which I thought was interesting. These date cards have different syntax too, which I kind of appreciate in that. Yeah, they they have a new approach too. I I I was fascinated by this. So they open the card, they read yes. the message, and then. 
They say who then the message is too. Right. So it's like, come, come, come fly with me, Jasmine. And then they flip the card over and then they drop the names. Yeah. I think it's an, I think it's a better way to do it. You get that you punch like you get that. Yeah. You get that tension. Who's it for? Who is going to fly? I don't know. Um, and it goes to Thomas, who is the international model. He's been all over, man. I don't know if you know this, but he is not just from <laughs> around here. Uh, and Thomas, instead of saying it's a one-on-one, calls it a single date. I enjoy that. I could see that. These these were fascinating to me, but I, I recognize they're probably not especially exciting to other people. It's it's you know it's like the it's like carriage buggy elevator lift lift like mm-hmm. that kind of it's like that kind of thing. Yeah, we call them we call them singles up north. Call onesie. We call them onesies. Oh, but a one-on-one date. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you know what they call what you say when you go into the bathroom when you're making a TV show? What? This is a real thing. I, okay. I've had to learn so many things. This this may have been actually the first thing I asked. Like, hey, when I have to go use the bathroom because it's going to happen a lot. <laughs> what do I? What do I do? Like, how do I tell the crew? Like, hey, I need everybody to wait for however long I'm in the potty making making water. Uh, and they say. There's two terms. You say 10-1. I'm going 10-1. That means you're going to pee. And 10-2 means you're going to poopy. That's Isn't that awful. interesting? That's awful. It's awful. It's awful, but it, I feel uncomfortable saying it. Not really, because I love saying it, and I do it often and with aplomb. Um, <laughs> but it's, I mean, they got to know. Where's Griffin? Why, oh, he's on 10-2. Why not just say, I want to use the bathroom? Because they have to know how long you're going to be gone. So if it's ten, if it's a ten one, they know like, oh, he's going to be back pretty soon. Ten two, eh, it could be a little while. So if you think it's going to be like extra long, would you say like ten four? That's what ten four means. Ten four, good buddy. <laughs> I understand you, and also I'm going to go shit for a very long time. <laughs> um, can we keep talking about the show? Yeah, that was just a little Griffin McRoy TV production fun fact. Okay. Now it's, I, I'm giving people the unreal experience. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so Andrew, after Thomas gets the date, Andrew tells the camera, um, and he seems a little discouraged that Thomas got the date. And he says, if she wants a Saskatchewan boy that looks Brazilian and carries around a yoga mat, I might have no shot. Yeah, that's a good line. Which I paused so I could capture in its entirety. (laughs) There was this, this episode had some, uh, references to Canadian, um, prejudices i guess or um that i didn't i don't i don't i just don't know i just don't know what you're talking about like if you if you're from saskatchewan and you can't ride an atv like what do you even i don't understand what that means (laughs) i'm based i'm using context clues i'm guessing saskatchewan is like sort of the rural yeah like yeah okay kind of like the, the flyover states of the flyover province it's, it's probably a rude way of referring to them, but that's the impression I get. See, I was picturing more like a like a Montana. You know? Yeah, it's a fly. I think that's a fly a flyover flyover state. You know, whenever, no, no offense to Montana, I'm sure you're beautiful. Whenever I hear flyover, I just think Midwest. Um, yeah, because that's, that's where I'm from, and I've always I've always felt you overlooked. see a lot of you saw you see a lot of airplanes. I see a lot of airplanes in the sky. Uh, okay, so we go immediately to the date. And Jasmine is in khaki shorts in front of a dune buggy. Really activating my Laura Dern sort of <laughs> sensors. When else do those get activated? I've said that about you definitely before. Like it's the it's the khaki shorts with the like blue uh, the sleeveless 
No, no, no. It's sleeves, like blue long sleeve, even like button up shirt with the khaki shorts and like the pulled back hair. It's like, what's up, Laura Dern in Jurassic Park? Like, let me teach you about chaos theory. (laughs) So you're Jeff Goldblum in this scenario. I would be Jeff Goldblum. Yes. I had a, I had a crush on Laura Dern in Jurassic Park when I was like six years old. (laughs) What's up? Uh, and so they're putting on each other's helmets and they're talking about how the chemistry between them is insane. And I could like feel it through the camera. I don't know about you. No. Yeah. They were trying to like, yeah, they were trying to like get down on each other because, and, and the way that you knew that is because they helped each other put on their helmets. Hey guys, <laughs> their, their helmets, they're literally like bicycle helmets. There's a little snap and you just push the two ends together. It's about as complex as a seatbelt. You can do it. Um, and so they drive on a relatively even road for a while, and Jasmine's at the at the wheel while they're doing mm-hmm. this, and then they switch, and Thomas like goes like full on through like mud pits and stuff, and then they both remark about how excited they are that the other one is okay getting dirty. <laughs> What's the? I don't understand. Jasmine seemed very surprised by the fact that Thomas was willing to get dirty, as if she's suggesting that models have to be beautiful. At all times, in case they they just suddenly like turn a corner and are in a photo shoot all of a sudden. I developed a theory that in fact all Canadians like to be clean. And, oh, interesting. And, they're like they're like cats in that regard. <laughs> and that she and he were both shocked because the other was willing to not be clean for a moment. Yeah, and it was like a Canadian thing. Okay, I can see that. Well, this if you think fun. about it, their big sport is on ice, and there's like no cleaner sport than the Are one on ice. Are you kidding me? You remember that time we went to our friend Pete's hockey game? And well, they then, get like, sweaty. They get fucking so sweaty and so stinky because they're wearing like armor out there, and they go and take it off, and like physical stink clouds come out. It's bad, dude. But it's not like football or soccer where you're like, or you know, you're like hitting the turf. Getting all sorts yeah, but of like grass golf, and... golf is the cleanest sport. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. All right. Hockey players get stanky, dog, and bloody. They beat the shit out of each other. Okay. Well, I guess you're the hockey expert now. <laughs> yeah, I've taken the mantle. I've watched five hockey games with you. And now I'm now I'm the master. The other thing I appreciated about this is uh, they stay on this date the whole time. They never cut away. They never like cut back to like, what are the bros doing in the house? It's like, okay, yeah. now we're off the vehicle and we're having a picnic on the beach. Um, and we learn a little bit more about Thomas. Yeah. Did you know that he models... In multiple countries. Well, it was more than that. He tells this story about how he used to work for his dad's construction company, and then he fell and broke both his ankles and was in a wheelchair for six months. Uh, And then he vowed in that moment to make it the best thing that ever happened to him, Uh, which I guess as soon as he recovered, he went to a model search, and that was... (laughs) Yeah, he talked about how like he went to like Cambodia or something and just like sold all his shit and now he lives out of a suitcase and he doesn't regret a thing. I think she's into that part a lot and I may just be basing that on the fact that she has a tattoo that says explore on her body. Yeah, no, he said that he'd been to Shanghai and Korea and only has a suitcase and a passport now. She was that's, super into that's That's the life for me, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I noticed in while they were having this convo, Thomas do the tongue thing. Did you see it? 
Oh, the lick in the lips yeah. stuff? That's like not that? that's not what he does. It's more subtle than that. <laughs> you look, talk about Jurassic Park. You look like a one of those spitter dinosaurs right now. Oh, that's great. There was that one time. <laughs> do you remember that time that I blinded Wayne Knight? <laughs> yeah. We were out at dinner and I saw him and I was like, oh, I've just got to blind that dude. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so she gives him the rose for the single date. And they kiss, and they get in the water, and they kiss they more. They kiss a lot in the ocean and they both, on their first date. And they both talk. This is one of those examples where they talk about how this was one of the best dates ever. And I think, like, yeah, yeah, that seemed pretty good. Yeah, it seemed like a good date. Also, though, it's literally the first date of the whole show. Yeah. It was the first day of the whole show, and they were making out in the ocean at Sandals, Jamaica. That's like fifth date territory in, in the U.S. Do, do Canadian couples just <laughs> move faster? Well, this is this is the franchise though. This is not this is not different than our American version. I think it's different. I think on the first date you don't end up in the water in Jamaica smooching smooching well, a Mackin. Yeah, I guess sometimes they wait a few weeks before they start traveling together. Yeah. Uh so now we go back to the dudes at the house and we learn about the big divide between the. This group. is where this is where I first see that piercing. By the way, go back if okay. you're if you're one if you want to rewatch the footage. This is about where I see that. That beautiful, beautiful nape. See, that would mean though that Mikel was sitting with the jocks, and was he? They all of the every boy in the house had their shirt off. It was mandatory. I thought the sensitive dudes were all like laying sensitive on their backs du- with the, their shirts the on. Sensitive dudes are still cut as fuck, and like <laughs> this. This is what was crazy to me. There's a bunch of Toronto boys. Is that the city that they're yes. all from? Bunch of Toronto boys. Like Toronto boys roll together. The buff boys and then the the weirdos. You yeah, know. so there's there's the party animals and the sensitive intellectuals, and uh, the Toronto. They're, but they're all extremely attractive and just fucking ripped. <laughs> the uh, Toronto guys um, distinguish themselves because they they like have the balls to live in a big city. That was the thing that they said. If you live in Toronto, you got to have yeah. balls. What the fuck are you talking about? Have you been to Toronto? Yeah, it was crazy. Everyone had huge, beautiful balls. <laughs> I was like, I would live here if I could, but look at these, look at these sad balls. I couldn't live in Toronto. Not with these babies. Oh, don't say that, Griffin. I've they're they're just not Toronto balls, babe. What do you want me to say? <laughs> uh and this is also when we learn that the, some of the guys, the gym guys, uh don't like Chris. Mostly Drew. Like, Drew Mostly is the one Drew. sort of leading this tr- charge. And this is, just, like, it's based on literally fucking nothing. Except mm-hmm. for the fact that I am kind of with them because Chris did try to kill the Bachelorette with a bomb that he brought into the house in the first episode. If it weren't for that, if it weren't for his grim machinations, like, I, I would think this is just a jokey joke. But I think this guy may be a security concern. Um. I don't know. I think he's he's just kind of dweeby. Um, no, he seems like a really sweet guy who did bring a bomb into the house to try to kill the bachelorette, <laughs> Jasmine. It's just a flaming rose, Griffin. Yeah, sure. Just an improvised exploding device. I agree with you there. And the rose was involved, yes. Um, who gets that next date card, though? So Drew goes up to read the group date and... He, for some reason, like inexplicably decides to kind of mess with Chris a little bit. And so he like says Chris's name and then he pauses. And then Chris is like, awesome. I guess I get a single date. And they're like, nah. 
And he says, did you get a boner? Yeah. Which I don't like hearing on television. I don't like hearing that word basically ever, yeah. which is a real, real shame because there's some members of my immediate family who very much admire the word. You've been spending, on, I, you've been spending a lot of time with those dudes, haven't you? You've been spending a lot of time with these boner boys. <laughs> uh, so the date involves Chris, Benoit, Kevin P., Scott, Seth, Mike, Kyle, and Drew. Okay. And Drew kind of sets the tone and talks about how um, all of his exes are blonde, blue-eyed, and beautiful. So he's pretty confident going in that Jasmine cool. is is within his range. Okay, great. I'm glad to hear it, Drew. I was worried about you. Hey, Drew, pride comes before a fall dog, and holy shit, you chomp it on this next day. I'm, I was very excited about that. Some of the people in the Rose Buddies group have speculated that Drew is Canadian Alex. He certainly looks like him, right? Yeah. Like, he certainly looks exactly like him. I think Drew is Alex. I think Alex ran up to Canada and decided that he was going to get wet and wild. Because Drew's and also not quite the tallest man. If I remember correctly. Interesting. Well, I mean, my boy Kyle, uh, it's kind of throws off the curve a little bit. That's true. So, um, like this was a great episode for Kyle, by the way. Everybody we were watching with Unana, because Mike was my fave from episode one. He kind of disappears this episode. Mm -hmm. And so what the crew we were watching with was all about Kyle. Kyle is is now a fan of ours. Kyle is a fan of our podcast. That's right. Which was uh, very so, exciting. Very, very flattering. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you're, you, Kyle. Please do not destroy us with your, your giant, beautiful body. We're rooting for you. We're pulling for you, bud. Um, so they go to a music studio. Oh, boy. And, and this was, <laughs> all of a sudden, I felt my skeleton tense up inside my body, like ready to like leap towards the exit. Uh, the music studio is called Tough Gong, uh, which is apparently where Bob Marley recorded uh, a lot of his music. Excellent. Great. And uh, taking in some history. They're just going to go and appreciate where Bob Marley did his thing, do a little studio <laughs> tour, and then leave. And then leave. Uh, they make a joke about really being able to smell the history, which I enjoy. Oh, that's all right. Okay. Come on now. Uh, but then we find out that they're going to divide into two groups and both record uh, their own original song for Jasmine. Uh -huh. And then my skull like popped out of my head skin. It was like, oh, oh, I'm just checking. Yep. It seems like, why did they make them do this? Why would they make them do this? Well, and a reggae song, no less. That's, that's the thing. Like, it's bad enough to be like, the order of bad things you can ask contestants on the show to do. Number one, like at the lowest would be like, write some stand up or something like that, spoken word. And then like, write a poem. Although they, uh, apparently they all fucking excel at that. And then it's like, write a song, any genre. And then do a hip hop song. That was rough, rough stuff. Country song was actually okay. I think they had some fun with that. But to do a reggae song, like, <laughs> there's these boys were not pr adequately prepared for this. No, no they were not. Um, and they were given very little guidance, I think, on how to do this. Uh, because you could tell... Drew had never listened to a reggae yeah. song before that wasn't <laughs> fucking red, red wine. Drew Drew throws a fit basically the entire time they are there. Um, there's two there's two producers there who like work at the studio and they are these like reggae legends. 
and are trying to teach Sweet Drew, not Sweet Drew, fuck that guy, trying to teach Drew like how to do the thing. He's like, they're just wasting my time. You, know, you, you can't learn how to do reggae in 10 minutes. You don't have to learn how to do reggae. You're not going to be a reggae superstar, Drew. You just have to play along. You'll be in there and you'll put down one verse. It'll take you 12 seconds. Calm the fuck down, dog. I mean, you're going to suck at it no matter what. Yes, I agree with you there, but don't be a baby. Yeah, this is when I started to really respect Jasmine because she calls him out, at least to us, the viewer, right away and says that he's kind of high strung, uh, which I think is a nice way to describe Drew. Uh, it's a very kind spin <laughs> on Drew. Um, yeah, I, I just love watching shitty white dudes have full-blown meltdowns. Because they are asked to express themselves artistically. And that is, that is, this, this show is such a constant supplier of that. Don't get me wrong. It makes me wildly uncomfortable. But in, in terms of like a, like a, on the karmic level, mm, sumptuous. <laughs> uh, and so Jasmine is kind of walking around and, and talking about the different guys and their reactions to this challenge. Talks about how Chris is kind of an academic. Uh, and then this is when we find out about her deep attraction to Seth, mm -hmm. who is the only the gentleman with glasses probably ever to appear on a Bachelorette TV show. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate. But <laughs> Name one other guy with glasses. I, can't, I mean, gun to my head, I couldn't right now. But I mean, there's just been so many boys. She she likes his confident quietness and Trudeau hair. That was the fucking best. <laughs> his Trudeau hair. Are you kidding me? She's not wrong, but like, holy shit. What a fucking like hysterical, accurate, hyper Canadian. Like, I fucking loved it. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, but and she like she says that he kind of makes her want to come to him. Mm. Which is every every quiet man's dream, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like I am, I am giving you mystique because mm. I am not good at talking. <laughs> that is why we do what we do. <laughs> Love of the game, uh, and and so you you can get a sense that something's going to happen with those two, but it doesn't happen yet. Yeah, uh, and so Drew, okay, here Drew references drake in a way that i was not familiar with and i was counting on you oh yeah babe i'm gonna really this is gonna be a real <laughs> slam dunk he says that he's quote from the six but he's not drake from the six yeah <sighs> i'm assuming that's a line from a drake song but i don't know what it means um so is it like a canadian zip code <laughs> Yeah, according to Urban Dictionary, in all of Drake's songs, he's referring to the city of Toronto by its most common 416 area code. Oh, okay. I'm not 100, but why wouldn't he call it the 416? Why just the 6? I don't listen to a lot of Drake. I, 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 I enjoyed what I've heard, but I've never um, sought it out. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's just the 6. Okay. Well, anyway, at this point, Drew is, like, very, very stressed out. Um, and he's, like, his whole body is tense. He's, like, complaining to everybody that'll listen to him. Uh, he feels like he doesn't know when to come in and who's singing first. And, and he's just, he's a mess. Uh, These reggae songs, by the way, are... They're so bad. They're really, really bad. They are literally one minute long. 
and each person sings like four lines. When they, first- I don't know. I don't know when I come in. It's four <laughs> lines. I was kind of hopeful that this episode would generate a new theme song, theme song? for us yeah. that we could use for Canadian rose uh, rose buddies. But well, here's the here's, here was the problem. Didn't right? happen. The reason, right reasons, right reasons. We need to go for all four seasons, I think is what they say. The reason why that jam is such a fucking slam dunk <laughs> is because it was a full-blown collabo project boy. by all of the, by so many boys, by Des herself, and then Soldier Boy coming up over top, giving us that hook. Um, it wouldn't have been possible without that Soldier Boy like spin on it at the end. Chris Harrison even gets a, a, a lineup on that track. It's a, it's oh, such a good tune. Such a good tune. Yeah. Yeah, this was not that. <laughs> uh, this sure wasn't that. The first group is remarkably worse, I would say. In that they, so much worse. They are all off key. They are not having fun. Um, but I will say that Benoit sings in French and English, which was yeah, that, fun. Okay, the Benoit story. <laughs> like That's all we know about Benoit right now is he knows how to speak French. And like I get it. You're French Canadian. And that's like... That's a that's a big important thing and that's cool. But like what else, what else you got going, Benji? I don't know. Also these boys when they sing, there's a certain like cadence and rhythm to reggae that they just did not even try to grasp. Well, group 2 It was a lo- Group, group two, two group two did a good job. Group one was just like having fun in the summertime. <laughs> when the sunshine comes down on me, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, Drew does perform, uh, which I was not sure he was going to. I thought maybe he'd storm out, but he he says something like, "You're like a fin, but I'm not scared of it." I, I don't a lot remember. Of, there was it was weird. A lot of oceanic imagery. <laughs> uh, the second group, um, is much better they have they have fun they, they make they have jokes awesome all-stars on this squad though mm-hmm. uh who was who's was in this crew that we had chris, chris the inventor was in this one right uh chris, chris was yeah he did it he did a very good job i thought chris was uh, seth was uh kyle got up on the track in this one crushing it kevin and kevin the the deckhand the diuretic deckhand <laughs> yeah you know, it was a slam. That's a slam dunk unit. Like I would, can I sell you something? I would buy that album. No, you wouldn't. It's amazing how all the stinkers got put on one team and all the like cool boys got put on the other team, and they did a great job. Uh, so this date does get interrupted uh, by the next group uh, date card presentation, and on the next group date, we find out it's going to be Andrew, Mikel, JP, Wale, and the other Kevin, which basically. Means- Every boy but David. David the musician. Yeah, David the musician will not get a date this week. Uh, so we get to the after party for the reggae date. Oh, the jazz men, which was the second group. Yeah. Uh, win the date. The and win. so the other boys, the other boys have to go home. At the after party, the only thing that I remember is the confrontation, which is the word I've chosen to use. Well, so first there's the Chris. So first there's a the two like reggae stars from earlier are performing and Chris grabs Jasmine for a little dance. Oh yeah, that was fun. Um, and 
I think everybody's kind of like, ooh, well played, Chris. Because there's a lot of respect to the game this yeah. season. In a lot, and even in these first two episodes, like, oh, he grabbed her right away. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. You got it. I know it's the first season, guys, but you gotta, you gotta get some skin in this game. Yeah. So they they dance to reggae, uh, and Jasmine is very excited about Chris's reggae moves. The reggae is performed by the two producers that helped them at the studio, and these dudes are just laughing at these 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 boys like the whole time. Yeah. Which I don't blame them. Having witnessed, actually, you know what? If I was these two producers, I'd be like, "All right, ja- Jasmine, I see what you guys did in there, and you put your heart on the line, and you did an okay job." Um, so Jasmine, this is then. There's the confrontation of Jasmine and Seth. She basically tells Seth, "Like you stand out to me more than all the boys." She really and- pours her heart out. She's yeah. just like laying on the like compliments and and, and- the praise. And Seth does not know how to handle this. He seems uh, the most surprised by it and goes in for the kiss. <laughs> the kiss. Of a of, of, of violent, passionate kiss. Oh. And immediately, here, okay, here's the thing. We, we call out bad kisses as we see them on this show. This, it has never happened before where during the kiss, the, one of the kissies actually leans back and says, not so much tongue. Yeah, and that that person is Jasmine. That person is Jasmine because Seth apparently just goes deep in the fucking paint from minute one. Like Jasmine in a after thing, like VO thing, is like he was like biting my lip and like shooting his tongue into my mouth. How's your first kiss? Sounds like it went pretty bad. It reminded me of Carly and Evan, right? Where. It reminded me of the virgins kissing at their wedding for the first time. <laughs> well, because that, remember, and it's a very similar thing. Evan leaves that kiss with Carly and is like, this was great. Uh, and this time, same thing happens. Seth leaves that kiss with Jasmine and thinks like, we've got some real chemistry. And, and Jasmine. Ja- Jasmine's <laughs> like, if that's how he's kissing me right now, he's not here for the right reasons. And it's like, wow, that must've been one bad kiss. Yeah. If you got all that from it. Um, yeah, it was it was a nightmare. They actually get interrupted by uh, Diuretic Deckhand who, <laughs> uh, who like is thrown off his game because he saw them so deep in the paint and he thought like, wow, that must've been yeah. a very deep, passionate kiss they were both enjoying. Nah, dog, you're cool. You're like so good, dude. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, um, Jasmine even comments on it. She's like, oh, you're so thrown off uh, right yeah. now because you can tell Kevin is really kind of jealous and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, um, but then they, but they go on they, to have like a really good convo. He's the first person in the season to like ask her questions about stuff, <laughs> yeah. um, which was nice. Um, and she seemed to be really into it. She then, um, uh, she does another thing that kind of breaks the fourth wall of the show where she says um, he asks her what she's looking for. And she says, you know, I'm looking for a best friend, which I admit is kind of cheesy. Uh, and I, I was really I found that really refreshing. I was like, it is yeah. cheesy. Thanks, Jasmine. Thank you, Jasmine. You're right. Um, and then we get another interruption by Kyle, who does it in a great way, where he's just like, I was just walking on the beach, and I thought I'd uh, poke my head in here. Um, but we don't get a lot of time spent with them. And then does anything happen? I don't think the inventor does anything, right? Except for that dance at the beginning, I guess. Yeah. But he doesn't seem to grab no, her away again. No, he doesn't. Um, and the one thing I appreciated, too, was that Kevin was frustrated that he got interrupted because he got interrupted right as Jasmine was like, so what are you looking for? And then 
um, Kyle and you know, my, you know, my boy Kyle was around the corner waiting and, for the opportunity to make a critical strike. And Kevin makes the quote that 10 feet of Kyle walks in, <laughs> <laughs> which I liked. That's very good. Uh, and so the rose goes to Kevin, which Kevin is very surprised by. And Seth is very surprised by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was it was nice. You know, I'm ro- I'm rooting for for old Kev. Yeah. Um, if you got a K, if you've got a K in your name, you're you're okay in my book. Before we called him Kevin of the Sea. That's um, very good. But I'm worried now we can't because they're both Kevins of the Sea. Yeah, they're both seamen. Which we which we find well, out this episode. We just need one of them to get sent home. That's all we need. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Next date. Next date. Uh, this... No Laura Dern outfit on this one, unfortunately. No. Sorry, gang. This date is on the sand where they do something they call Jamaican beach wrestling. Not probably. Well, it might probably be a thing. I don't know. not a thing. It's also like kind of a yucky thing. Like, hey, you boys just fight. You boy, hey, you know, it'd be great. You boys just fight now. Yeah, they draw a circle in the sand, and the goal is for one guy to get the other guy out of the circle. And that's basically it. Miraculously, nobody hurts anybody else, which is kind well, of that we impressive. know of. I mean, no, but I mean, oh no, if it had happened, you'd know they would have shown that shit and they would have put it in teasers for the show for. You know, you would see like one of the guys with like a bloody nose and then they edit in somebody like he's dying. He's dying. Um, Yeah, it it is a fairly congenial game of beach wrestling. Uh, Uh, We learned that JP, the nude waiter, the nude butler is kind of a ringer. He secretly wrestled in high school for a long time. Yeah, And did you notice he got nothing for winning this? Yeah, he won. And it was like, thanks. The end of your (laughs) time here. He doesn't Uh, seem to get extra time or like any special treatment. He just won and that was it. He just won and that was it. Well, I guess he gets, you know, the knowledge that he is physically superior to the other boys on the date. Uh, Mikel loses over and over again. Um, Well, he's, he had that. And and this was the thing. This was like a lot of shirtless Mikel. And so I was looking for it. it. Not there. Wasn't there. That's what I'm saying. It's you, you blink and you miss this, you miss this nip. (laughs) <laughs> but I, maybe he took it out because they were going to be wrestling and you don't want that friction yeah. up against your... So so that was all we can think. The hunt will continue. Don't get me wrong. We're all, This is this is the start of the grand conspiracy. Yeah, I We're going to get to the bottom of this thing. Griffin texted me about this and I told him I didn't notice, but I said it should be an ongoing segment on Rose Buddies. There is one shot where they are all laying by the pool where he is the closest boy to the camera and it is like... A boy, yeah, 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 like, <laughs> like it is a featured player in that shot. Um, the other thing that comes out of this, this wrestle situation is that Wale reveals the other Kevin's nickname to Jasmine, which is Captain Canada. Why? Well, we're about to find out, Griffin. I must have missed this part. Uh, so Wale is calling him Captain Canada and Jasmine like, well, what's that about? And it's because he's like. He's he's had all of these like military, like various military jobs and like lived this kind of heroic life um, that, you know, they end up talking about later on their date together. Hmm. Uh, So the dudes go to this like swimming hole that's called Blue Hole. um, And Jasmine wants to play Spin the Bottle Truth or Dare. 
Hey, Jasmine, that's not, you kind of mixed them up a little bit, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't just play regular spin the bottle because it's just one, there's just the one bachelorette. I mean, unless I'm, you know, if these, if these Canadian boys just want to start kissing, that would be a, a bold new direction for these dates to go in, but go for it. Uh, the, one of the dudes asks Mikkel if he's had his heart broken and Mikkel says that he has had his heart broken twice, which I thought was a very like kind of innocent question to ask right off the top. Uh, that was also a weird thing for a weirdly earnest thing for one of the dudes to ask another. Dude, like, hey, hey, yo, dude. hey, hey, bro, you ever had your heart broke? <laughs> hey, dude, you ever smell like some really great lady hair? What did it smell and like? And it's just like, mm, I miss, I miss Danielle. Tell me about that. Dude, you ever think that you like get in fights because secretly you have a lot of unresolved issues about your childhood? <laughs> I love these soft boys that we're inventing. <laughs> uh Kevin Captain uh Captain Canada gets asked if he has cheated before and he says no. Uh but that he has been cheated on and this is when he grabs her and pulls her away. And he talks about his 5 years in the military uh in which he was he was out on the open sea and he would come into port. And he would get jealous of all of his buddies who were like rushing to go talk to their see their see their bows significant others, yeah, yeah, uh, and that he is he's ready to to settle down. And then apparently they talk about his family, although we don't get to hear it because uh, the next thing is him asking Jasmine about her family, and she just lays it all out there. Yeah, and I, I guess this is the first time that she's like talked about that stuff. Yeah, to any of the boys. So she talks about how her parents split up when she was really young and her mom basically raised her and her sister and her dad was fantastic but wasn't always around and had some issues with addiction and alcoholism and passed away when she was 12. Hmm. Um, and I think Kevin like really appreciates that she shared that with him and they get yeah. they get really close kind of in that moment. Uh, and then Jasmine is talking to Mikkel and this is when Jasmine kind of lays it out there that she's like a big fan of Mikkel. Yeah, I am. I am, too. I know yeah, I've, I've, I've said too. some critical things of him this episode, but it's just like, I want to know what's on his tit, I guess. is the, <laughs> Like, that's the only thing I want to know about Mikkel. And I'm not against it. I just I want to put it to bed. You know, I want to put the I want to see the X-Files. Um, have have you never seen a man with a nipple ring before? Uh, not on fucking Bachelorette, that's for sure. I guess that's It's true. unprecedented and very, very... The, the opportunities are just so exciting, Rachel. I just need to, you know, I need to see it and I need to know. And I want to know the story of it. She explained her tattoo. I wanted him to explain. Oh, that's it. <laughs> uh, so, on this date, uh, the other Kevin gets the road. Does that mean both Kevins get roses? Yeah, dude, we got a Kevin sandwich. Yeah. Kevin's, Kevin's sandwich. Uh, it's tasty. It's a good. It's about as good a sandwich as you can get. Yeah. Which, of course, means that neither of them are going home, so we still have to come up with fun names for I them. I know. Well, I like uh, diuretic deckhand. And I mean, it's a bit mean, though, is the problem. It's kind of a mean <laughs> name. Well, the other Kevin comes with Captain Canada. All right, Captain Canada works, but let's not... Well, he... Well, deckhand plays the ukulele. So, like... We can um, call him first mate ukulele. First mate. No, no, we'll we'll find it. We'll find it. Let's move on. Okay. 
Uh, we'll it's the co- it's the cocktail party. Uh, we know that two are going home this episode. Uh, we have seen throughout the episode. We have seen uh, Wale have a very fun, good time with the other boys, and I didn't think about it. But Jasmine's starting to get suspicious that he's just there to like bro out party. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that kind of puts him in jeopardy. And they don't seem to have a lot of chemistry either. Like they just, they have good fun chats, but they're not really into each other. And so we get a little more of that. Daniel, I would say, or David is in jeopardy, I would say, because um, only the the only reason is because he's wearing like a fucking Miami Vice circus oh, ringleader, like two sizes too small. I liked the red. He was, no, because everybody else was wearing a black suit and this dude was obviously peacocking. Like, come on, David. <laughs> Wear that on funny on funny suit day, but it, it was obviously <laughs> black suit day, and you only wore that to Peacock. Boo! I I liked the red blazer. I thought it was. I fun. think it was. I thought it was a little too small for him. That is it. Mm-hmm. If it was, if it was a, you know, if it was more well tailored for him, I, didn't I think know he's you a good, were such he's a. Only he's, 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 he's got a beautiful body, and I just wanted <laughs> to show it off. You're such a fashion police, Tim Gunn over here. While I also no jacket at all, I think, if memory serves. And like, maybe you're right. Maybe he's not taking this seriously. (laughs) Uh, And so David does some work and asks about the family. And then we learn about Jasmine's um, ex-stepsister and father, who I guess were married or married into her family but are no longer there so she doesn't tell the whole kevin story but she tells a little more about herself and so it makes david look like he's more interested in her which he knew he had to do it's weird it was kind of weird how upfront he was about like got some ground to make up and i'm just gonna ask her some questions he's trying he's trying to he's trying to make good right but he's also doing it in a very gamesmanship way of like, oh, I need to get back in the ball game. I need to get more points on the board to make up for my deficit. Like, what? Okay. Uh, and this is when she spends some more time with Mikel, and they have kind of a, a really cute interaction. Because um, he he pulls her aside and says that he's very interested in getting to know her. Um, and she says um, one of the things she likes about him is that he doesn't know how good looking he is. Um, and... And he talks about how kind of her just open praise of him kind of rattles him a little bit. Yeah. And uh, how she's really good at opening him up. They have a good kiss. Yeah. They they have like, a kiss and she says it's exactly what she was hoping it would be. She And they like pull back from the kiss and she like mm, gives it one of those. <laughs> which is the opposite of uh, get your fucking tongue out of my mouth you sea creature. <laughs> but it was nice because you could see him kind of you know, just assume he's going to have to do all the work to, like, get her attention. And she's like, hey, no, I'm super into it. And then he's like, yeah. whoa, oh, okay. I like Jasmine, man. I, I know, like Jasmine. She, 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 like, goes out of her way to make the boys feel comfortable, but she also doesn't take any shit from the yeah. boys that give her shit. She is, she is really, she's killing it, I feel like. She is, she's probably the most perceptive bachelorette that I've ever seen. And part of me wonders if it comes from the fact she's, so she's a hairstylist by trade. And you think about, like, those people are used to working with a client for, like, 40 minutes, having very brief conversations and connecting with everybody, like, in that time span. I feel like she is. There's a good theory. She is perfect for this show. It's incredible. 
Uh, we also have her, speaking of her being very perceptive, sits down with Seth and yeah. is like, yo, dog, that shit was bad. Oh, and Seth just falls apart. I, he, he says, oh, you know, it was awkward. You're right. I wasn't even listening when you were talking half the time. Oops. Um, what, it was just the biggest buckle ever. He just fell apart. Uh, and at least now he realizes he fucked up. Like you don't go in for that first sweet kiss and like try to ram jam your, your whole gob in her mouth. Um, but then she asked him like, have you ever been in love? He's like, I don't know. I think, yeah, you know what? There was one time and eh, maybe I was, I think maybe I was a little bit. And she's like, Oh, okay, dog. Yeah. He- she, took, she took out a little pen and paper, and, like wrote something down. <laughs> like, don't pay attention to this. Don't worry about this. She asked him if he's ever like kissed anybody passionately before, and he's like, "Oh, maybe not." It, okay, bud. It was just really strange, and so she talks about how he's kind of emotionally disconnected, which is exactly right. And she says that, and he's like, "Oh, I can fix that." Okay. Yeah, he he's telling us the viewer. He's like, "Oh, I think she's being too hasty." You know, I think we should give it some time. But I mean, you know, right? Like, you're not going to have... I don't know. I mean, what if Carly had done that to Evan, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... There's a a harmful stereotype of women that, like, oh, women love to fix men. Women are looking for a project of a man, which is, like, I mean, it's bullshit, but it's also another reason I like Jasmine. She was like, a new? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A a new? Thank you. (laughs) Uh, and since the rose ceremony and Mikel, Benoit, Kyle, Andrew, David, Drew, JP, Scott, Mike, and Chris all get roses, which means that Wale and Seth are going home. Seth, like going from like at the beginning of the episode, I'm so excited about this dude to like, bye. Uh, Wale, Wale also like, I was, I was not so sad to see him go because he had a uh, moment in the cocktail party where he sat down with her and just like talked and talked and talked and talked and talked, but like didn't ask any questions about her or anything like that. Yeah, and, but like, he was, was fun. The, like he, he seemed, he was, he, he was, was like he, fun with the yeah. guys. He was like a I real mean, bros bro. He was a bros bro, but there's no, there's, there's, there's not a lot of room for that yeah. at the top. Uh, and so Seth is, he's exiting tells jasmine yeah you know it's fine it's fine we just we never really had any real connection there was just nothing really there between us and and jasmine's kind of like cool dude why are you why are you telling me this like it seems really defensive and immature that you're like yeah i mean it's him trying to be like this is mutual bye uh, yeah really good call good call jasmine i also don't like you it was dumb um and he tells us the viewer that while they were kissing he was thinking about other things the whole time anyway so cool dude cool seth thanks for thanks for being on the show seth yeah catch you at the mintel all uh and then we get a little blooper of uh during the truth or dare game jp getting asked to get naked and he's like yeah it's my job i have no problem getting naked in in a very (laughs) aggressive way it was wale that asked him right while i was like hey Take your clothes. (laughs) Hey, JP, take those nasty shorts off. Take all, take everything off. Take it all off, all the nasty shorts. And JP's like, yeah, no, it's fine. Yes, of course. Here comes the, here comes, here come come, come the beef. Uh, That was episode two of season one of The Bachelor, Canadian Bachelorette. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it very much. I'm enjoying this very much and we should stick with it, babe. What do you say? 
I'm into it. I'm loving yeah, it. I'm pretty deep in it now. Um, I meant to go to the P.O. Box today, and I did not. So I'll have to do that for next week. Oh, there's a giant... Immediately behind you, there's a giant pile of packages. And I assume yeah. that some of that came from the P.O. Box. No, this and is all from last week. So there's probably Damn. another pile there waiting for you. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, thank you all for sending that stuff. And thank you all for listening. Uh, next week's episode will probably be a little bit off schedule, too um because it's my last week in huntington but then i'll be back reunited and it feels so good yeah we might do saturday again right because don't you get back saturday uh i do but it may be kind of late so maybe we should try to and maybe we should endeavor to do it during the week okay um just not friday because friday's gonna be uh the worst day of my life don't say that it's not gonna be the worst day of my life but we're shooting it's gonna be guys this is how we've this is how we've scheduled the sh- the TV show shoot. I'm very excited about it, and the TV show's going amazing, and I, I'm going to be really, really, really proud of it. Um, but the very last day, we're like shooting all day, and then going into a live show, and like both of those things are very exhausting. And so I'm just going to like fall off stage and just like fall. I might like position a garbage can in the orchestra pit, <laughs> and then as I like bow at the end of the live show, just tumble over and land in the garbage can and be dead in there. This this actually does this help us understand maybe why Chris Harrison has stepped back from his duties a little bit at the no because uh, Chris Harrison no because Chris Harrison's in twenty one seconds of every fucking episode is <laughs> no excuse um, anyway yeah so next week's will be a little bit off we'll just stay in contact with you and let you know what's up but we're gonna stay with Bachelorette Canada because it's it's too good man it's a treat okay, it's oh a real and can I mention pizza. on Twitter uh, when we got contacted by the production team the name of their production team is Good Human Productions. Which I just think really emphasizes the difference between American and Canadian. <laughs> yeah, certainly so far. Like there's the the piss kids and the rat bags are kind of few and far between, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's 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 refreshing. It's refreshing, and it's kind of like proving my point that like you don't all have to be fucking Johnny drama. Yeah, it's still a good like show. not every it's still a good show. Not every single person has to have their own like nefarious arc. Yeah, like it can still be a good show, dog. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. Until then, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. And so that's our story. That's how it goes. But who will get the final rose? Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right, Jesus. Right, Jesus.